Hi, Rabbi Judah here with Masechet Pesachim, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Hey. Ve'od Amar Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda said further, Shtei chalot shal toda psulot munachim agal ha'itztiba. Kol zman shemunacho kol ha'am ochlim, nit la'achat tolim, lo ochlim, lo sof tzorfin, nit lushtehim hitchilu kol ha'am tzorfin. So, Rabbi Yehuda says that they had a sign in the Beit HaMikdash. Nowadays we have shul bulletins and things like that that go out that tell you you can eat chametz up until this time and then this time from this time you can't eat it anymore but you can still have it and then at this time you're supposed to burn the chametz and so on and so forth. How did they know back then? There was a public indicator, at least for those who were in Yerushalayim, namely that in the Beit HaMikdash, and this was also the equivalent of the atomic clock for everyone else, it was the, the sign. And so even if you weren't there, you could hear about it or you could try to coordinate to it. But this was the official timing, the official clock was that there was a, um, a sort of like an overhang with columns, the itztaba, and on top of it, there's a little roof. Uh, so on top of that roof, they would put at the edge of it two loaves of toda. So important to understand here that there's a lot of bread-like substance in the Beit HaMikdash, a lot of menachot, but most of them are actually not chametz. There's actually very little chametz in the Beit HaMikdash, including, by the way, the loaves that go on the shulchan, are technically not chametz. They are much thicker than any matzo we would consider. If you've ever seen like a Yemenite matzo, they're like thick and almost pita-like. Uh, but the point is that they were all done, you know, cooked within 18 minutes and so on and so forth, but they were not chametz. There are some exceptions. One of them is that there are loaves of bread that go with a korban toda, a Thanksgiving offering. And so those loaves, uh, they are chametz, and also, especially, the two loaves that are offered on Shavuot that are wheat bread, the shtehelechem, are also uh, specifically chametz, and that's a whole... Uh, topic unto itself. In the meantime, though, there were two loaves of Toda that had become puzzled, had become uh, no longer good. So what they would do is they would use them as a sign. If they were good, they would have to be eaten. But if something happened somewhere along the year, there were two loaves that became puzzled. We're like, okay, we'll save those. We'll use them on Erepesa. They put them at the edge of that roof. As long as those two are visible, that means the clock is still indicating that you can eat chametz. Then, at the end of the fourth hour, beginning of the fifth hour, they would remove one of those loaves, and then tolin, it means we're just we're in limbo. We can't eat the chametz anymore, but we can still have it. We don't eat and we don't burn them. At the beginning of the sixth hour, the end of the fifth hour, they would take away the second loaf, and they would burn it, and it was a sign to everyone else, everybody should now burn their chametz. This, by the way, is also, if you've ever noticed, that many sidurim will indicate, we don't say mizmor latoda in shacharit, which is a you know, chapter of Tehillim about, and it's, it's thanks to Hashem, but it's also seen as being parallel to the Korban that is thanks to Hashem, the Korban Toda. So, Sidurim often say, we don't say Mizmor Toda on Erev Yom Kippur, or from Erev Pesach through Pesach. Ah, uh, why? It's part of Pesachim Zimmer every other day. Because the Korban Toda came with Chametz, and the Chametz was supposed to be eaten through the rest of the day and the night and then the next day. However, once it's Erev Pesach, if you brought a Korban, you bring a Korban Toda on that day, because if you brought it, you'd have like an hour, an hour and a half to eat it, to eat all this bread. It's not, a, it's not okay. You're going to end up leaving over, and you're not supposed to leave over Korbanot if you can in any way avoid it. So the rule was no bringing Korban Pesach on Erev Pesach, certainly not on Pesach itself because it's Chametz, and no bringing an Erev Yom Kippur because you're not going to be able to eat it in time necessarily, and then Yom Kippur obviously it's out because it's a fast day. So that's why we don't say Mizmah Toda because we wouldn't bring the Korban Toda on those days. Now, following on that theme, though, Rabbi Gamliel says, Rabbi Gamliel Omer, Rabbi Gamliel says that, you know, for regular food, our rule is we eat it up to the end of the fourth hour, beginning of the fifth hour, and then you wait. But during that hour, 
that, uh, that food that is holy food, truma, that was set aside for Kohanim, since you're not supposed to waste truma, just like you're not supposed to waste the Korban Toda if you can in any way avoid it, you're not supposed to waste truma if you can in any way avoid it. Since that time is not technically yet the time that it's absolutely usher to eat chametz, we don't do it. But for regular food, we don't do it. But we make an exception that even though there's a gazera, there's a decree not to eat chametz during that hour, that decree is only for regular chametz. If, they, if it's truma chametz, meaning that one put aside a grain or challah or something like that for Kohen, we allow them to eat it even between the end of hour four, meaning the hour, the fifth hour, between five and six, between 11 and, between, sorry, between 10 and 11 a.m., uh, we allow them to eat it because we don't want holy food, kachim, to go to waste unnecessarily, so it wasn't included in the decree. So you still eat truma then, and then, we burn everything at the beginning of the sixth hour, meaning 11 a.m. on the sixth to sixth day, because at that point, for all purposes, you have to get rid of your chametz already.